This is Believe Your Ears. I'm Rich Kinsley. Pittsburgh has contributed so many jazz visionaries and innovators that it's hard to chronicle them all. And in the world of piano, Errol Garner, Earl Father Hines, Ama Jamal, and Johnny Costa are all seen as iconic. But there were others not nearly as well known, but every bit as important. We're going to look at three today, and I'll have representative videos of their work on my Get Rhythm blog. Michael Marmorosa, born in 1926, grew up in Larimer. His large head and his prominent nose brought him the name Dodo, and that followed him to the end of his life. Already a local jazz prodigy when he was 15, he left town in 1941 with a touring band. His reputation grew as he worked with five top big bands, led by, respectively, Gene Krupa, Charlie Barnett, who featured him on an instrumental titled The Moose. Dodo also worked with Artie Shaw, Boyd Rayburn, and Tommy Dorsey. He backed Charlie Parker on his immortal recordings of Night in Tunisia and Ornithology, and along with recording as an accompanist, Dodo made solo recordings for smaller labels and some larger ones. Eventually, suffering from health issues, the result of a 1940s head injury, he returned to Pittsburgh. Here, he was able to gig and record into the 50s and 60s. But eventually, his health failing, he entered a local VA hospital where he spent the rest of his life, still playing occasionally for the patients. He died in 2002. Horace Parlin, who died last year at age 86, had challenges in his life almost from the beginning. Stricken by polio at age 5, the disease temporarily paralyzed the right side of his body, and even after he recovered, his arm and his hand were impaired. His parents saw therapeutic potential in having him study piano, and his teacher, James Miller, a respected Pittsburgh musician who worked with future legend Ahmed Jamal, encouraged Parlin to emphasize his left hand and use his right hand where he could in new and creative ways. It gave him a unique and distinctive style that he stuck to, and he ended up playing gigs here and in Washington. In the 50s, he moved to Manhattan, and he ended up with iconic bassist composer Charles Mingus. Parlin's piano, in fact, appears on Mingus's landmark 1959 album, Mingus Ah-Um. 1960 was the year that Blue Note Records signed Parlin. He did some remarkable albums there, including one teaming him up with fellow burgers Stanley and Tommy Turrentine. Eventually, though, Parlin grew frustrated with America's limited jazz market, and he was disgusted by the hard drug use of many of his peers. He relocated to Denmark in 1973, spending the rest of his career in Europe's more jazz-friendly climate. That might explain his obscurity, but it doesn't obscure his genius and courage. Like Horace Parlin, Sonny Clark, despite a very short life, was considered one of the great hard bop keyboard masters. He's easily the biggest jazz name to ever have emerged from Westmoreland County, specifically the small coal mining town of Hermony, where he was born Conrad Yates Clark in 1931. The youngest of eight kids, his dad, a miner, died just two weeks after Sonny's birth. Living in Hermony is one of the few African-American kids in a multi-ethnic atmosphere blending Italians, Poles, Serbs, Germans, and other ethnic groups. He learned piano informally, but it became his passion. And over time, he went from playing locally to working on the West Coast in the 50s, where he earned a reputation. As the 50s ended, Clark was working in New York and recording for Blue Note Records. Tragically, he, like many musicians of that era, battled heroin addiction. Clark's 1958 Blue Note album, Cool Strutton, sold well enough to become popular here and overseas. Tragically, in 1963, his disease won out. He died at age 31 of an overdose. All three of those players left an indelible mark in American music. 
And honestly, they deserve to be celebrated as much as their better-known peers. For Believe Your Ears, I'm Rich Kinsley. Thanks for listening.